for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. You're with Steve Malzberg on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard. It's four minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. on Tuesday night here on the East Coast of the United States. And you know what day and time it is wherever you are partaking of the Steve Malzberg Show on TNT. Um, We have a special guest uh, coming up uh, at the bottom of the uh, hour, Um, uh, Joe Connor, who lost his dad to an FALN terrorist bombing at Frange's Tavern in New York City when he was just, I think he was just five years old, six years old, um, and he lost his cousin on 9-11 at the World Trade Center. Um, He's just been an activist against terrorism, especially as it relates to this country. And uh, there's an effort in Congress to remove Cuba from the uh, a, t- a terrorist list. And he's, uh, he's written a, a rebuttal to that in the Wall Street Journal. And we'll talk about that with him, as well as the, uh, the terror issue in general. Um, but I want to I wanna start with uh, the controversy over the judge's penalty in the Trump civil case in New York City. The judge, of course, basically prejudging the case and finding Trump guilty. This is an elected judge. Okay, the case was brought by an elected official. There was no jury trial. It was just the judge. And it was bizarre in a lot of ways. And it was about real estate. And did Trump inflate the value of his properties and whatever when he went to banks for loans? and 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 etc along those lines so the judge not only found him guilty but the judge ordered that he pay when all is said and done it, it reported amount is about 400 million dollars and he's got to come up with it pretty soon so i want to first let you hear what jessica tarloff the one of the two token liberals but they only have one at a time one of the two token liberals on uh, the five, the most watched cable news show in in cable on Fox, and um, what listen to her go after Trump, Janine Pirro, who we've had on this show, the judge defending Trump and attacking Tarlov, and then we're going to play uh, Kevin O'Leary, who we've had on, we've played him before on this while it was still in progress, but he really, really, really goes at it with Laura Coates. When I say goes at it. I mean, educates CNN's Laura Coates, who's an attorney, in my view, with an agenda, of course. She's on CNN. Um, And it's just very, very important that you hear what Kevin O'Leary has to say about how they could bring this same case against anybody, against anybody in New York State that's in real estate, okay? But in 75 years, they've brought it against nobody except Donald Trump. Brought by a, 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 a DA who ran on getting Donald Trump and is elected, and a judge who's also elected, okay, not appointed. So let's, um, let's say in New York, I need to point out, although there is a poll out today that shows Joe Biden in New York state would not do, he, he would beat Trump by double digits, but only about 12 points. He crushed him by over 20 points in 2020. 
And I believe Biden would lose with independence. Biden would lose the Jewish vote. Hallelujah. Um, but um, anyway, we'll get to that a little later. So let's go to the five. Remember, I discovered Jessica Tarlov on my show on Newsmax before she ever got anywhere near Fox. She was on with me regularly. Um, and here she is uh, talking about the case, the amount of money, the fine, and Donald Trump in general. And here is cut 225. Basically, everyone who is defending Donald Trump in this, from Kevin O'Leary to some folks here, is saying it is okay to falsify your business records, to issue false financial statements, to commit conspiracy to for insurance fraud. Well, when he fraud? goes out there, where's the fraud? The fraud is, and David Brooks lays this out really nicely. He was on a weekend show. He says you can't have three sets of books. You can't have the books for the bankers. So that's Deutsche Bank, who, yeah, is happy with all this. Then you have your IRS books. And we know that you're supposed to tell the IRS the truth. And then you have a, a, a set of books with the real numbers, I guess, which is what Alan Weisselberg had. But Donald Trump continually. There were three sets of books. Where do you get that from? Uh, Where do you get that from? That's three part sets of what Judge Ron had said that, that he presented. Oh, because he's a lunatic, it means it didn't exist. Yeah, this is Donald a judge Trump, who decides listen, cases based, based on emotion. Okay. I think emotion is hot at the table and it is yes, not it emanating is. from me. Ooh, ooh, emotion is emanating at the table and it's not coming from me. Um, okay, good for Jessica, whatever, I don't care. I mean, I love, I love uh, Judge Janine. Um, I'm not thrilled with Jessica Tarlow. But three sets of books. The judge said that, that he kept three sets of books. He, what, he, did he lie to the IRS? Is that what Tarlow is saying? because the IRS hasn't come after him. I mean, this is just so insane. Now, I'm not a real estate guy. Kevin O'Leary, who she alluded to is, but let's get one more here in this uh, little battle back and forth. Here's cut 226. Since Donald Trump ran the first time, he has been making this argument, if they could do this to me, they could do this to you. The average person is not inflating their wealth by $800 million to $2.2 billion. They're not sexually assaulting women. They're not storing classified documents in the toilet. They're not fomenting an insurrection. Mar-a-Lago, you remember the, the documents? Let's, 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 let's focus on this case. We can do, no, we can do a, we can do a lot. No, you no, always no. do that. What no, no, Jessica, you're it's doing not. a laundry list. Really? You you're doing a laundry list when we're focused on one topic. We're focused on one topic. Oh, there it is. The five at its best. <laughs> I love that kind of television and, and radio, uh, to, to be perfectly honest with you as well. Okay, so uh, there you hear Tarlov. He sexually assaults. He da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Remember, look, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm going along with what the, you know, he was found guilty in a civil case, not criminal, of sexually assaulting the woman in a in a, a a try on room at a department store in the what in in the nineties, the woman doesn't remember when it happened exactly. Um, whatever he denies it, I you know I I I, I, I what could I say I, I I don't know but it's just so it it all seems so coincidental, doesn't it? that they pile on after, you know, 90s, 2000, 30 plus years after or 30 years after, whatever, you know, it comes to light. Now, I know sexual assault victims repress things, don't come forward often and all that. 
But this isn't some scared little woman. This is a very successful lady. And I'm not doubting her. I'm just saying it just it's all very coincidental or everything at once. Okay, so let's go to Kevin O'Leary. He's on CNN and he's on, like I said, with Laura Coates, liberal attorney with an agenda, in my opinion. She's on CNN. And this is an education. And it speaks to what Tarlov said that Donald Trump said, oh, if they could do it to me, they could do it to you. Well, if you are in real estate in New York City, as Kevin O'Leary is, you're damn well straight, he believes, that they can now do it to anybody, which is going to have disastrous results for the real estate market in New York City. Watch, listen, here's cut number 227. But I, I don't think this case is about Trump anymore at all, because you heard the governor of New York come out yesterday and say, look, everybody, uh, don't be scared about doing a business in New York, uh, because the only people we prosecute are people like Donald Trump who don't behave well. That didn't go over very well with the investment community, because we're all asking each other, who's next? This was a victimless crime. Nobody lost any money. And a judge out of nowhere put on a $355 million penalty. I mean, who's next? Yeah, it's a very good question. Now, I didn't hear Hochul say that. Governor Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, who, uh, don't get me started on her. But if she said something to that effect, and I'll take Kevin uh, O'Leary's word, you know, hey, real estate investors, don't be scared. You know, you know, you're not Donald Trump. You know, we only do this to people who don't behave well. Well, what do you what does that mean? You don't you do it to people who would break the law? Does it so doesn't that encompass don't don't behave well? And you're gonna hear Kevin O'Leary tell you that every single real estate investor real estate person not a person buying a house necessarily or selling but big time business they all do what donald trump did all of them all over the country and donald trump's the only one who gets prosecuted for it you got to hear this you got to see this here is um here is cut number 228 well, Kevin, before I, I don't want to cut you off, but I hear about the, the so-called victimless crimes, but the laws on the books, falsification of business records in second degree, issuing false financial statements, insurance fraud, conspiracy, and all these different aspects of it, those are actual crimes. I take it your point is that these should not have been prosecuted? Well, my point is there's never been a case like this in 75 years. Everything you just listed off is done by every real estate developer everywhere on earth in every city. This has never, ever been prosecuted. But here's the real point that people in New York should concern themselves with. You can put your money anywhere. I'm a real estate developer. Do you think there's a chance I would ever take a chance on New York again? Good for him. Good for him. And he knows what he's talking about. He's Mr. Wonderful. How could Mr. Wonder? How could you doubt Mr. Wonderful? Okay, um, seventy-five years. No case has been brought like this anywhere in the United States, according to Kevin. And he, as a real estate investor, says, "I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not doing this in New York anymore, because what if they don't like me?" And 
that's got to be a consideration. If it's a consideration for him, it's got to be a consideration for lots of people in that business. Let's go to the next one. He was cut 229. New York is turning itself into a flyover state. I have to build data centers now. I'm not going to go to New York. New York has power. It's got fiber optics. It's got Niagara Falls. But no, we're not even thinking about it. We're going to places that have the exact same thing where we have rational governors that have never done this to investors. This is about New York and its people. If I were in New York today and I was living there, I would ask myself, maybe we should hire better management. Why is this happening to us? Why are we becoming a flyover state? Why are well, investors Kevin, concerned about putting their money there? Yep. Yep. Well, of course, none of this registers with uh, Laura Coates. None of this is good enough for Laura Coates. He is, he, he's not ripping her. I, I hate to say that about a woman on the receiving end. He's not ripping her a new one, but he is educating her. He's schooling her, okay, politely, nicely, nice tone of voice, you know, respectfully, and he's he's doing it. Listen to what he's saying. He knows. How do you defend? How do you defend going after Donald Trump when you've never gone after anybody else? And Kevin O'Leary says everybody in that business does it. Well, when you run for the office that you're in saying, I'm going to get Donald Trump, it should come as no surprise. Now, he's appealing this and all, and hopefully he'll win on the appeal, at least in the in the uh, case of the uh, penalty, which is outrageous. Nobody lost money. Why should he be penalized? Okay, let's continue. Let's go to cut to uh, 30. Wouldn't there be many companies who would not want to do business or loan money to people like yourself or investors if they know that they can get away with fraud and there's no recourse to protect them? What fraud? I don't, I, this is not about Trump anymore. When you get a developer, when you get a developer that builds a building and he says it's worth $400 million and he wants to borrow $200 million from a bank, which happens every day, everywhere on earth, including every American city, every developer is an entrepreneur. They shine the light on their building and they say it's worth four hundred. dollars The bank does its own due diligence, as was done in this case, because they're very good at it. The banks are very good. And they say, no, it's worth three hundred. dollars we're only going to loan you 150 million. That haggling has gone on for decades. That's how it works. And then in this case, even the bank that was supposedly defrauded testified and said, we didn't lose anything. We want to do business with this guy again. We'd like to. But the judge said, no, 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 no. This is really incredible. There's no victim. There's no victim. And, and again, the law... Turns a, has turned a blind eye to this for 75 years. But Donald Trump warrants prosecution. Donald Trump warrants a 355 to $400 million penalty that he has to pay up quickly or they could confiscate his properties. This is outrageous, but it's in line with everything we have seen and are seeing Against Donald Trump, this is, in my view, an organized effort on so many different levels within the government. 
local, state, federal, whatever, to get Donald Trump. Stop him at all costs. And as I've said before, or the question I've raised before is, what if they can't stop? What if this isn't going to stop him? What if he's found guilty like he was here and it doesn't stop him? He's going to win South Carolina by 35 points on Saturday. What if the next case, the criminal case, the first criminal case, say he's found guilty, it doesn't stop him? What does the organized effort do next? I think it's something everybody needs to ask themselves because I don't trust it anymore. All right, let's go to uh, the final cut from Kevin O'Leary and Laura Coates on CNN. It's 231. Let's penalize this developer for $355 million. And if we're going to do that, let's penalize all the developers all across America. They've all done the same thing. All of them should go to jail and we should stop building buildings. That's what the message is from New York. Even the governor herself is concerned about what this looks like to investors all around the world. It's not just U.S. domestic. All well, around the world, people are talking about what happened here. You really think people want to invest money in New York after this? How about we go well, somewhere I, I else? Think, how, I think how there are to, people who would, I don't want to cut you off, but I, I want to converse well, with you, you and you said, just did. I, it's, it's only because I want you're, to have a conversation, a, you know what? Kevin, I as opposed you, to just you, having you I respect you tell you because you're a lawyer. You're a lawyer. You understand well, exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then she finished up by saying, well, I'm, I'm respected for, for more than just being a lawyer, but I didn't feel that was worth putting in, although I did just tell you she said that. I don't know what she's getting at. You know, maybe she views herself as a historic figure, like the great Karine Jean-Pierre, self-proclaimed historic figure. I don't know. Nonetheless, uh, this is an outrage. This is, this is horrific, horrific stuff. And again, it's, it's all bets are off. When it comes to Donald Trump, all bets are off as far as what they'll go after him for, what they'll do to him, what they'll do to him. I mean, if they can't put him in jail, or if they do put him in jail and he still is winning in the polls, what, what's, what's next? What's next? I mean, I mean, I can't imagine him sitting in a jail cell. I can't imagine it. But that next case, the criminal case, starts on March 25th, and that's all about paying off a, a porn star so she wouldn't tell, talk about the affair while he was running in 2020. We still don't know what the crime is. The statute of limitations expired for the payoff, and now because apparently the crime will be, as I said yesterday, that there was election campaign money funneled to this woman and that would be illegal so you're going to try to use that with a a case that's the where the statute of limitations have expired unprecedented stuff but again it's donald trump it's donald trump so anything and everything goes now um i want to i want to yeah we might as well start this okay uh the alabama state supreme court ruled today that a um an embryo, uh, 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 you know, an, an embryo is a child. And that frozen eggs from uh, in vitro fertilization, IVF, that 
if you damage frozen eggs, you could be prosecuted because you're damaging and harming a child. Even though, of course, the child isn't born yet and it's still an egg, nonetheless, that's what the Supreme Court ruled. Well, I mean, you know, the liberal media doesn't take long for them to just go out of their minds. Now, interestingly enough, Sonny, that's not my name, Hostin on The View, actually said this. I had no idea. I can only assume she's telling the truth, but um, here is cut number 232. I have a personal story about this, as you all know. I went through five miscarriages before we turned to IVF. We went through three cycles of IVF. I have two beautiful children uh, as a result of it. We depleted our entire life savings. Uh, each cycle was not covered at the time. It's $30,000. Mm-hmm. And um, it was important enough for us. Now, we did do frozen embryos. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we are Catholic, we knew that we couldn't destroy the embryos mm-hmm. because they are, in our view, children. Mm-hmm. Um, and we couldn't just give them up for research because, in our view, they were children. Mm-hmm. And so we were. I feel responsible in the sense that we used every single embryo. And if every single embryo became a child, then we were going to take care of that child. Mm -hmm. And we don't have any frozen embryos left, thank God. Yeah, okay, so I I had no idea, no idea. And that story is, is touching, it's moving, and it puts her in a different light at least on this issue, which is a very important issue. Um, But she's still Sonny Hostin (laughs) on everything else. Sarah Haynes responded in what I consider, um, and many others consider, I'm sure, to be kind of a vulgar manner in her interpretation of what the court did in Alabama today. Here is uh, cut uh, 233. Put that it's, little embryo not, out into the world. It's not viable on any on any level. So I'm, I'm not criticizing your personal beliefs because mm-hmm. I do believe people believe that. Mm-hmm. I believe this is a stretch to call this a minor because it, it, this we talk about the so viability of an actual you mean baby. A, you mean a the baby. embryo? No, no a minor, they're calling it a minor. A minor. We're calling it a full blown minor, not an embryo, not a fetus, not well, it's an unborn child. It, well, I, see, I, that's where I but, differ because the, the whole miracle of life and religious argument mm-hmm. for the very brilliant of science just doesn't go together. This was not, yes, embryos, yes, fertilization, all this stuff can happen naturally. It doesn't here. This great gratitude goes to the scientists and the doctors who were able to help do this because then the court, the the judge actually says in his uh, um, opinion, human life cannot be wrongfully destroyed without incurring the wrath of a holy God. Okay, then let's leave it up to the holy God on judgment day and not the holy court because right now they are literally going after this with religion while science is what brought this. So in other words, a life, she's admitting obviously, because there's no argument, a life will be created. I mean, uh, children will be created from those embryos through IVF. But that has nothing to do with nature. It has nothing to do with, uh, with God or miracles or faith. It has to do with scientists. I mean, this is this is just insane. This is just insane. I mean, could the same be said about a birth that's difficult 
and the doctor had to intervene and save the baby's life during birth or the mother's life or both lives. So does that mean God had nothing to do with it? It was the doctor? I mean, this whole thing, the whole argument is just ludicrous on its face. Ludicrous on its face. And, you know, by her logic, admitting that these embryos will become actual children, um, and so destroying them, you know, let's leave that, if there's somebody's going to be punished, let's leave that up to God in the afterlife, okay? Well, then murder somebody. And if you kind of have a decent reason in your own mind for murdering somebody, or it sounds decent, well, the jury heard, yeah, you murdered him, but you know what? No, it's it's an okay reason. Uh, you wanted food. You were hungry. Uh, so we'll see. Let God punish him. You're free. You know, you went in and robbed a bank. Um, you needed the money. I, 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 I couldn't pay the rent. Okay, we'll let God handle it when you're dead. You're free. I mean, what kind of logic is that? And then we're talking about the most precious the indefensible, these, these, these embryos, these children, and the, those in the womb, when they're in the womb, have no self-defense. They need us to defend them. And she's saying, ah, drop it, kick it, break it, throw it away, flush it. If it's really that uh, abhorrent, whoever does it will suffer. God will take care of it. What kind of crap is that? Now, you could expect the media, I mean, Sonny Hostin was an aberration, I believe, certainly on The View, you could expect this from uh, from the uh, the people in the media, of course. MSNBC uh, contributor and former Obama White House policy director, uh, Kavita Patel, uh, had this to say about the ruling. Here's cut 234. And different clinics will have arrangements with all of the potential parents where they make it clear at a certain time you have to tell us what you want us to do. But also that varies from person to person. So I do think that you're raising a good issue in how we think about kind of the future of embryos. But by the way, that's not a new conversation. Yeah, exactly. And that's one that should not get confused with what's at issue here. That they are defining an extra uterine embryo mm. embryo as an as a as a living creature. And that's just simply not the fact. They're embryos. What is the likelihood this is going to spread to other more conservative states and, and then also how it's going to affect healthcare workers? Yeah, I'll speak to the latter. I think that the effect on healthcare workers, especially reproductive endocrinologists or OBGYNs, is devastating because everybody's anticipating this will come to their state. Oh, that would be awful. They're gynecologists, endocrinologists, they're, they're, they're in this business, and it's devastating for them. Devastating for them. Well, as long as they don't throw away the, the, the embryo or destroy it on purpose— there's, there's nothing for them to worry about. Why, why is this devastating for them? And in this next cut, she does admit that these embryos do become children. Give a listen to cut number 235. These technologies are a miracle. The ability to have children, a number of us have gone through these processes, and we have children as a result of them. Can you imagine stopping that ability, the irony to stop that ability for people to become parents? Because there's a potential that an embryo could be seen, yeah. an extra uterine embryo could be seen as a living person. That's those those two worlds colliding are, un, you know, unthinkable. 
All right, so she admits that it's a miracle. She admits these embryos that very often turn into children. I, I don't. I still don't understand why this ruling, if it spread, would prohibit that. Would stop people from uh, uh, IVF. Would 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 harm or make doctors be afraid. I don't get it. You have to purposely destroy the the embryo, purposely, to be charged. So why would doctors fear? Makes no sense. But this is the former Obama person. And it's MSNBC, so it's not supposed to make sense. Okay, uh, before we go to break, I, I I hope you folks were listening uh, to yesterday's uh, first round of coverage and the uh, uh, from the UK High Court here on TNT Radio, wall to wall coverage of Julian Assange's uh, Assange's effort to um, not be extradited to the United States. And round two is later today, and TNT will be there for it. And because I'm not going to give a bunch of times, uh, five hours from now, the top of the previous hour when I started, I think it's five hours. So count five hours, and uh, you know from now, and then subtract subtract a half hour. That's when we go back uh, to our coverage, and they'll also be broadcasting from various uh, spots in London. So make sure you're tuned right here, lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk. T-N-T. When we come back, my friend, who I'm proud to call a friend, uh, Joe Connor will be here uh, to talk about the latest attempt at another travesty of justice uh, here in the United States from our government. Uh, Steve Malsberg on TNT. TNT's Tyler Nixon. Robert F. Kennedy running. Um, he's, uh, I went and had a chance to see him speak in uh, Philadelphia when he announced his independence from the Democrat crime syndicate. And I honestly had hoped that he would be able to be a force within that party to reform it, to bring sanity back to it, uh, if it ever had it, and to uh, maybe begin to purge the elements of criminality and fraud and deceit and destruction and uh, treason uh, out of that out of that crime syndicate of a party. But clearly, the institutional forces that have arrayed against. Uh, anyone who would challenge this uh, this deep state uh, slash criminal syndicate that has taken over our government. Tyler Nixon on today's News Talk TNT. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. At first, like so many other women out there, I ignored my symptoms. A slight pressure on my chest, shortness of breath. I thought, I don't have time to be sick. I had a, a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries, stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. I'm so grateful to the American Heart Association. Their research helped save my life. I can enjoy life with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. Please, listen to your heart. The only reason I'm here today is because I did. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. Today's News Talk Radio. Now we're talking. TNT. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I I welcome you back. And um, let me welcome back uh, to the show Joe Connor, a counterterror advocate, author, editor, 
uh, author of Shattered Lives, which is in hardcover, paperback, and documentary about to be a, you know, made into a, a film. Um, Joe, Joe's dad, Frank Connor, was killed, as I mentioned earlier, in the 1975 bombing uh, terror attack by the FALN terrorist Franz's Tavern in New York City. And Joe also lost his cousin Steve uh, Schlag on uh, 9-11. And uh, Joe, my friend, good to see you. Great to see you, Steve. You look good. All right. Well, so do you. So do you. Now, um, thanks for coming back on. It's always great to have you on. So we have an issue now uh, because it never ends. And yeah. it, involves, it involves Cuba. And yeah. it involves uh, Massachusetts Congressman Jim McGovern and Vermont yeah. Senator Peter Welch, uh, who are uh, involved in an effort to remove Cuba from the state sponsor of terrorism list. You That's right. published a, a rebuttal to their efforts in the Wall Street Journal, which they they, they printed, obviously. Yeah, um, so was that was great. So tell us, first of all, give us the background. Tell us what they're sure. trying to do, what what they're doing in twisting the words, as you as you put it, and and uh, and what they're trying. What do you believe they're trying to accomplish by this? Absolutely. Look, the um, the reason I'm involved in it is one of the F one of the FALN members, a guy named William Morales. He was the bomb maker for the, the FALN. Yeah, yeah. That blew up uh, Francis Tavern where my father was murdered. He and they estimate seventy other fugitives from America are in Cuba and have been guests of the Marxist regime for 30, 40 years, depending on the terrorists. You might know the name Joanne Chesimard. Uh, she murdered Warner Forster on the turnpike. Uh, William Morales, there's Charlie Hill, there's Victor Garena. So there's a whole bunch of these terrorists. And I've been working for decades, literally for decades, for their return. And uh, one, of, one of the things is that uh, Cuba's been on the state sponsor of terror list. And uh, Obama had taken them off in 2015. Um, Trump returned them. And my my point after I saw this letter was, hey, there are terrorists in Cuba. They are sponsoring terrorists. The, you know, we saw this letter from the congressman and the senator saying that they're aging terrorists. They're not international terrorists. Well, it's a state sponsor of terror list. Cuba sponsors terrorists whether they are Puerto Rican or anything else. And it's just another example of the left trying to dismiss the the terrorism of their Marxist friends. There's pictures of McGovern with Castro that you can find on the internet. He's visited there. They're both, I, I did research on both of them and they're both advocates for Cuba for a long time. This is Cuba waged a war against America. I mean, the FALN who murdered my dad blew up 130 bombs in the US. They were financed by Cuba. Um, in, in the 1960s and 70s, uh, people like Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn from the Weather Underground went to Cuba, were trained by Cuban intelligence. The FALN was trained by them. Victor Garena, who was one of the FALN members, robbed an armored car in Hartford, half the money ended up in Cuba. Yeah. So Cuba has been sponsoring terrorism against this country. They they give um, uh, safe comfort and, uh, uh, to these terrorists for years. And my point is, let's get them back. Is any condition for removing Cuba from the state sponsor of terrorists, get the terrorists back. They're fugitives. They've been convicted. We know they're there. William Morales has one finger and one eye. He's not that hard to find. 
um, you know, a guy from the Bergen Record actually went down in and found him years ago. So look, these ter- the, these congressmen again ignore my dad. They ignore the Warner Forster. You know, we have a bill that is from the Senate with Menendez and Rubio came in last year called the um, Officer Warner Forster and Frank Connor Justice Act, calling for their return. I don't see any of that brought up by the, the congressman or the senator. They ignore it. They push for their leftist uh, friends. And uh, it's a disgrace. That's why we did the movie Shattered Lives. And, um, you know, Steve, it's I'm getting old. I can't do this forever, but I ain't giving up. You know what I mean? Like this has been uh, this is something well, I believe in. And, and it's just, just our, our government is so poor at taking care of its own. Well, that's absolutely true. And I've said this to you a million times, um, and I I never get tired of saying it. I mean, your father uh, has been looking down on you for all these years. and and thinks I'm nuts, I can tell you. (laughs) <laughs> so now, so so proud of 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 your efforts and and what you've been doing and and constantly and never giving up and and t- working tirelessly, uh, tirelessly uh, to 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 get it done. Let me just read the uh, the 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 end of your letter here, um, sure. talking about what the congressman want to do. It also dismisses the life of my father, Frank Connor, who was murdered by Morales's FALN at New York's Franzas Tavern in 1975. In doing so, Messrs. McGovern and Welsh joined the Clintons and former Attorney General Eric Holder, President Barack Obama, and then Vice President Joe Biden, who pushed clemency in 1999 and then in 2017 on Morales's Marxist FALN comrades. What possible motivation could all those people that are mentioned have what what's what's motivate i know you say you hang out we ha- hung out with uh with castro but with all that's going on in the world with what we see hamas did um and 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 what they're still responsible for uh, of course if they would surrender and hand over the hostages there'd be no more you know suffering in gaza there'd be that yeah, everything yeah. would be over right. but 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 we're, we're we're in gulf we, we have terrorists that are firing at ships in the red sea and sh- firing on the u.s ships and uh, france's ships and other ships terrorists all over doing all kinds of things the proxies of the terrorist state iran what's the motivation do you believe behind this sen- senator and this congressman to 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 move to take cuba off that list because they believe in the terrorist cause they believe in the cuban cause they believe in the marxist cause that, you know I, I i've thought about this for 20 years and been asked a similar question about why eric holder did it why hillary clinton did it why barack obama did it why joe biden did it. the answer is after a while you just have to realize that actions speak louder than any words and i can't get in their heads you have to get to the bottom line is that they did it because they believe in them and they believe in Cuba and they believe in the terrorists and they don't see they don't see the cause and effect or they don't really care that these people were responsible for murders in the U.S., for terrorism in the U.S. They used this. They dismiss them aging terrorists. They call them aging. Huh? Who gives a rat's ass if they're aging? They're terrorists. And that's and that's where they need to go down. And, uh, you know, like I said, I can try to get in their heads, but their actions speak for what they do and their actions tell me that they believe in their causes well i don't i don't doubt that for a second so so tell me i mean where is this effort at i mean do you believe does this have a prayer i mean i don't know about the senate first of all i I can't see it getting 60 votes in the senate uh but certainly the house i would it even be brought up in the house what are you what are you hearing is there support for this beyond these two guys 
there, there, there's well t- support for taking them off for um, taking them taking off the Cuba off the list. Era. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I, I haven't heard that necessarily. But you know how this works. Things come oh, up. So wait, wait, wait. First of all, let me ask: Does it have to go through Congress, or is this a unilateral? No, that, you know, no, the, the president, the president can, the president ah, can take them off. The okay. Same, the same way that that Obama did Obama, it, and then, right, Trump, right. And, then, and then Trump returned them. It, it's I know that I know there was a uh, push by Rubio and some others to make it a make um, congressional approval, but that hasn't gone through. So. Currently, the president has the ability to do it. Now, Biden hasn't done it. Um, and, you know, Biden is looking for votes in right. Florida. Right. right. Uh, he's got no prayer to win Florida anyway. But, but you know, there's a huge Cuban population in Florida. And even in New Jersey, um, you know, there's a lot of Cubans. So I think he is wary of taking them off for political reasons. Um right. But as far as getting the terrorists back too, you know, I do talk to law enforcement and there is some push now to get um, to go and get these guys. And yeah, uh, no, you probably yeah. know their lawyer, a guy by the name of Kubi. Um, yeah. Ron Kubi. Uh, know him well. <laughs> no, me too. It's unfortunate, no, no, but I do. Know him yeah. well. And, and the it's thing is, aside from his... Aside from his politics, Joe, um, he's a real nice guy. One of the nicest guys I've ever guy. met. Yeah, yeah, he's a friendly guy, except when he's yeah. taunting me. Um, but yeah, so this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with people who really believe in these left-wing uh, Marxist right. causes. Um, right. They don't care. They don't care that a a cop was killed. They don't care my father was killed. They don't care that the other people at Francis were killed. They don't care. Steve, it's all about their power. It's all about their their left wing yep. agenda. It's all about the the uh, communism, and my my job is to get these terrorists back, but also to call them out on it, to call them yes. out on it every step of the way. All right, so Joe, talk a little bit uh, about uh, shattered lives. Um, you know the, what's in the book and what 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 people would see in the, yeah. in the film. You know the 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 book the book is something. Uh, you know, honestly, I started writing the book on September tenth, two thousand one. <laughs> on the train home from the city and that story you know, it's is crazy. just incredible it's yeah just crazy. incredible i you know it was two years exactly after the release of the faln by the clintons and i wanted to write about it so i got on the train got my laptop started writing and i knew my cousin steve he was a bond trader for Cantor, and he was going to be on that train he always had beers he was going to make me have a few beers and i was like you know what i don't want to have any beers i want to write and i had a doctor's appointment that night anyway so i wrote crap a couple of pages of crap to start Next day, I'm on the same train going with my brother. I see, I commute through the trade center and I see the buildings hit and Steve's murdered. Um, so that pushed the book back years, changed its focus from my dad to Steve and my dad. And it took years to get it done. And a guy named Jeff Ingber had seen me on one of the Fox shows or your show um, on Newsmax. And, um, and you know, we ended up getting the book together. And, you know, we, we were very... Um, Jeff is very good because I'm very emotional <laughs> and uh, Jeff kind of took it, you know, let's be, you know, let's, let's take the story of Cuba. Let's take the story of Puerto Rico. Let's take the FALN and Al Qaeda. And, you know, let's try to try to try to make it very factual while still bringing up the family issues. So right. I think we did that with shattered lives. And then um, we contacted Scott uh, McTavish a couple of years ago. He had done um, a bunch of, um, uh, 
documentaries, one called Murph the Protector, which got a lot of good reviews. And COVID hit after we'd signed our contracts. And finally, the movie's done. Um, we premiered it in Hawthorne, New Jersey last year. We made some changes to it more recently. And right now we're in negotiation for um, for it to be on one of your favorite cable networks uh, <laughs> and uh, and hopefully in distribution. So um, so it's cool. Um, we're good. we're yeah, almost no. there. It's been forever. Um, but it's really good. It's worth it's worthwhile. We have um, shatteredlivesmovie.com. There's a the trailers up on that. Uh, WeWinAmerica.com and uh, my other book, TheNewFounders.net, is out there. Right. But, but I, you know, I just can't wait for it to get out. Um, Steve, it's well, it's been a I, long time and I, it's been a labor I, of love and exhaustion. <laughs> well, I look I look forward to it. I know everybody listening and watching right. looks forward to it as well. Joe, keep keep the faith. Let us know what happens with this uh, this sure effort uh, in Congress sure. and and um, what you know what we could do to help uh, make sure it doesn't happen. Joe, uh, appreciate it as always. Stay well, my friend. You too. Anytime, Steve. Take care and best of the family. Thank you. You too. You enjoy yours. Thanks. Joe Connor, ladies and gentlemen, uh, here on the Steve Malsberg show. And uh, just uh, a man who is, you know, as long as I've known him, has just dedicated himself uh, to doing the right thing when it comes to, you know, preserving, seeking justice for what happened to his dad. And how, you know, how could you not? But he has just uh, been uh, nonstop with this. And uh, and I, I just really hope that Cuba doesn't get off the hook because they have, still have so much to answer for. They are harboring um, Morales and uh, Chesimard. And it's just it's just outrageous. You want to get off the list? Give us those people back. Let us uh, let us prosecute them properly and, and penalize them properly. And then we'll consider taking you off the list. But to harbor them and to still have a concerted effort to to uh, you know to to take Cuba off the, the the list is outrageous. Will Biden do it? I think for the reason Joe said he will not. Cuban Americans don't want to see Cuba let off the hook. Florida is a key state. I don't think he's going to further alienate the Cuban American community in Florida and elsewhere. Um, so I don't think he's going to do it. If it was advantageous to him to do it with that community. He, he would do it in, an, in a minute, just like how he's now turning against Israel. Uh, they vetoed a, a resolution in the uh, Security Council today demanding a uh, ceasefire, but they got their own plan uh, to present, which they will present shortly, which uh, lays down conditions and whatnot. It might not go far enough for one or more of the uh, countries on the, uh, on the Security Council, but he's doing that, in my view, and he's made the statements he's made, in my view, and he's changed course on his support uh, and where he stands with Israel, in my view, uh, because he doesn't want to lose Michigan. He doesn't want to lose Michigan. So he's saying, look what I'm doing. Look, I'm standing up to, to Israel and Benjamin Netanyahu. I leaked out that I called him an effing a-hole. Uh, isn't that good for me? Vote for me. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So politics reigns supreme what else is new? Okay, we have one final segment left in the hour. We are coming back. Don't go away. Steve Malsberg right here on TNT. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. I want you to consider this about the Trump verdict and the climate change agenda. In a nutshell, someone who had to jump through hoops to get financing, think about what you have to do to just 
to get financing for your house, who made astronomical amounts of money for those people that loaned him the money, created jobs, created actual entities that benefited society, has been found guilty of fraud by people who never created a thing in their lives, so they try to bankrupt him. And the fact that this is okay with a large segment of the population, whether you love or hate Donald Trump, is a sign, unless this stops, the United States is finished. It's the Michael Mann verdict on steroids. Complete disregard for the facts. It stinks to high heaven, which I can't believe the people who are doing this believe in by their actions. What does this have to do with the climate change agenda? Should be a warning shot to anyone refusing to play ball. JP Morgan is waking up. They've pulled out a $63 trillion Climate 100 organization, which are a bunch of major financial entities that are all in for using climate to reshape the new world order. Well, I have news for JP Morgan. If others wake up and start leaving, you're going to find you're in the Hotel California Finance with this. You can check out anytime you want, but you can never leave. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog Meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. Even the mighty might not see it coming. It's pre-diabetes and it captures one in three adults. But you can escape. Take the one-minute pre-diabetes risk test to know where you stand and prevent or delay type 2 diabetes. Be your own hero on smartphones everywhere at doihaveprediabetes.org. You're with Steve Malzberg on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as you well know, and uh, certainly, <laughs> wow, the coverage of, uh, of Julian Assange's uh, proceedings, uh, TNT is an independent global news talk station that does what others only say they do. We are live TV and radio broadcaster uh, that tells the truth 24-7, okay? Now, um, I, I, what in the world, you know, uh, no one in the world, does what we do. I think that's pretty obvious and uh, and it you know goes without saying, but I'm saying it anyway. We crisscross the globe. We have credible news and opinion all day, all night in just two and a half years, folks. TNT's become a credible and exciting platform. Brilliant hosts, brilliant staff, and it's a critical time. It is a very critical time, not only here in the United States, but all over the world. And we must continue to call out the misinformation and the propaganda from the mainstream media and their powerful sponsors. So, we are now appealing to our many friends and supporters around the world. Go to tntradio.live and make a small donation to TNT while we seek the right investors to continue our very, very important mission. Very important, obviously. Um, again, goes without saying. All right, let me let me um, let me play for you. Um, well, let, let, why don't we skip? Why don't we skip ahead? It'll be it'll be uh, two fourteen in one second. Two fourteen. Um, Nikki Haley was asked a very interesting question. Of course, again, South Carolina primary is Saturday, and she's getting right now. She's down thirty points plus to Donald Trump. It's her home state. She was governor of that state. Okay. And she does nothing but trash Donald Trump and trash Donald Trump. He's going to jail. That's why I'm staying in. There's going to be a female president. It's going to be either me or Kamala Harris. I mean, she just can't get it through her head that she's going to lose. And I hope she has a good uh, concession speech already written for South Carolina, better than the ones from um, the first two that she lost, the Iowa caucuses and uh, New Hampshire primary. We'll see what that sounds like. 
nonetheless, she was asked a question, and I think this is a very interesting, about pardoning Donald Trump if he's convicted of a federal federal crime. She couldn't pardon him from the crime that he's go, go, go accused of and going up against uh, with the payoff to the, the porn star. That's a state crime, so she couldn't pardon him for that. But anyway, she was asked about it. Here's 214. Governor Haley, if you were elected president, would you pardon Donald Trump if he was convicted of a crime in federal court? Well, thank you for that question. You know, if you're talking about pardoning Trump, it's not a matter of innocence or guilt at that point, because that means he would have already been found guilty. I believe in the best interest of bringing the country together, I would pardon Donald Trump, because I think it's important for the country to move on. We've got to leave the negativity and the baggage behind. I don't want this country divided any further. I don't think it's in the best interest for America to have an 80-year-old president sitting in jail and having everybody upset about it. I think this would be the time that we would need to move forward and get this out of the way. So that's an interesting question. She was obviously doing a town hall uh, on Fox by the way, Donald Trump did uh, not a town hall necessarily, but he did a one-on-one -on -one interview uh, with uh, Laura Ingram with an audience. Um, so that uh, I, I got to see some of that. We'll hopefully have some uh, some uh, video and audio for you tomorrow from that uh, interview. But I, I think it's a very interesting question, and I think she gave the right answer. What what, what is she going to say? No, <laughs> no. Let him rot in jail. Let the president, a former president of the United States, rot in jail for these very highly questionable charges that he's facing. That he does have a good chance in some areas because of the jury makeup of of, of being uh, convicted and sent to jail pending appeal. Of course, he. I don't think he would. He, he wouldn't be in jail pending appeal. Uh, hope, hopefully, they would let him out. You can go to jail pending appeal, uh, but hopefully that would not be the case with um, with Donald Trump if he's convicted. Look, folks, we are in, you know, we're, we're just getting closer and closer and closer. We're almost, almost at the end of February. March 25th is the first criminal case against him. We're still waiting for the Supreme Court to weigh in on Colorado and the ballot, on his, his claims of immunity as president, and can he be charged, and, and, and what's happening in Georgia? Will that case be delayed? Will uh, Fannie Willis be kicked off and have to you know, leave the case, and will that dissolve it? There's so many questions. It's all, as I've been saying right along, even before the new year, as we approached uh, um, you know, the one year out of the election, which was last November, it's unprecedented. Never before have we seen anything like any of this on any level. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to get um, meatier and meatier. So keep it tuned right here. And you could start by tuning in again tomorrow, of course. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. We'll be back at it, God willing, 9 p.m. Eastern right here. And don't forget, uh, four hours from now, the Julian Assange coverage from London and all that starts again day two. Steve Malsberg right here on TNT.